بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد What we're going to be speaking about today inshallah is a really important concept. We're moving away from our other discussion. We're moving on to the discussion of connecting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or rather returning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a really, really fundamental topic that each of us needs because it's for the benefit of, our, of ourselves in this world and in the hereafter. It's a requirement for a good believer. The return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What does that mean? The return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let us put it this way. If I say something to Arif Bay here that he is upset about, and I upset him somehow, I did something wrong, whether on purpose or otherwise, he's going to feel bad. Now for me to make him feel good again, I have to do a few things. When somebody upsets you, and they expect you to forgive them, then there's a few things that they have to do. Firstly, if I go and seek forgiveness from him, I say, please forgive me, Arif Bhai, but he can tell by my face and my demeanor, like, just forgive me, man. Like, just, just forgive me, why, why are you making such a big deal out of it? Forgive me. You know. He's not going to forgive me in his heart, because my body language, my attitude is showing that I don't really mean it. So that's not going to get them anywhere. If, I, if somebody has transgressed against me and they seek forgiveness, but I know that they're going to do it again, then I'm going to find that difficult to forgive again. Because they're going to do it again tomorrow. So if, they, if I feel that they're not remorseful, they're not regretting it, and if they have not decided never to do it again, he might even say, sometimes they even say, it might happen again. You, you, have to, you just have to forgive me. That's what some people say. So there's not going to be that much forgiveness. You're not going to feel like forgiving someone. Okay, there's another person now who is regretful. And he's never going to do it again. He realizes their, they realize their mistake. That I've done wrong. I should not have done this. But they're not willing to come and seek forgiveness. They're feeling like this internally, but they can't come and tell you, please forgive me, or I've done wrong. They know they're wrong, they accept it, they don't want to do it again, but they're not willing to come and tell you that I've done wrong. Some people, they don't, uh, I've, I've dealt with such people, uh, especially marital issues where the marriage eventually broke. There, there's few reasons why somebody might do this. One is because they're very arrogant, and they don't want to seem that they have to stoop down in front of someone else, so they're not willing to come and, even though they know they're wrong, They'll, con- they'll confess in front of someone else, but not in front of you. Or number two, they're just narcissistic. They just don't know how to seek forgiveness. It's not within their vocabulary. Now that's, if somebody is like that, they need to get help because that's a tough one. Now, in the same way, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we unfortunately make, commit sins, we do wrongs. That's why in the same way for a sincere tawbah, this is what you call a tawbah. Tawbah in Arabic means return. 
It literally means return. Because the idea is that when we do something wrong, if I do something against Arif, I'm sorry I'm using you as an example. I, inshallah, I won't do anything against you. But if I do, that means I've distanced myself from him. If I mess around with my brother and I'm aggressive, I say something bad, I'm going to distance myself. That's why the ruling we have is that don't break ties with anybody for more than three days. That they're meeting and this person is ignoring, this person is ignoring. Because you've become distant. You may be living in the same house, but your heart's a distance. Right? They are at a distance. So that's why distance is a bad thing. That's why the concept of tawbah and repentance is return to Allah. Return to His mercy, return to His love, return to His uh, closeness. That's the idea of tawbah. So now we better understand the concept of tawbah. That's different from istighfar. Istighfar is one aspect of tawbah. You know, I said, I must feel regretful that I should not have done this. I must promise never to do it again. I must vow never to do it again. That's just what I'm doing for myself. Then... I have to go to the person and say, please forgive me. Can you find it in your heart to forgive me? That's istighfar. Seeking forgiveness. After you have decided not to do it again and you're regretful. So istighfar is a component of tawbah. Tawbah is this whole process of the return. Now just think about it. Are we distant from Allah or are we close to Allah? Have we returned to Him? When the day we became believers, the day we were pure and became believers, and were good believers, innocent children, we were close to Allah. The day we started doing sins, and we started making mistakes, we went afar. We make tawbah, we come back. Lots of people do tawbah during the month of Ramadan, and they come back. That's why it's inevitable that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it easy during this time. But He also says that there will be people in Ramadan every night that will be written to be freed from the hellfire. Because they have done tawbah and they've returned to Allah. They've returned to Allah. So, there are, the whole concept of tawbah to Allah is so intuitive. It is something we can relate when we talk to another person. So the next time that we do a sin against Allah, imagine that we have hurt somebody. And what will our responsibility be of trying to make up with that person and apologize? The same kind of thing happens with Allah, except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is far easier to please than any human being. Far easier. There are so many cases, so many times when somebody upset you, they are genuinely remorseful. They are genuinely seeking an apology. Well, providing an apology, providing an excuse. They will never do it again. You can tell that they are very upset and they are very regretful. But I don't want to see you for a while. Okay, I forgive you, but you know what? It's going to take some time. And it does take some time sometimes. Unless you train yourself. Imams have to be trained to not be upset at anybody. That's where I learnt. Because there's always somebody saying something about you, whether rightly or wrongly, and if you're going to get upset by everything, then you're in big trouble. You're going to be in big depression. That's why Imams, mashallah, they, they learn counseling on the job. You know? Um, and if they don't, then they're in trouble. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. Once I used to be part of this clergy association in Santa Barbara, California, when I was there. 
So Christian priests, Jews, just for a short time would meet once a month or something like that. So there was a Jewish rabbi, the reason, he was a nice guy. And uh, one day when he came, he was really upset. I said, what happened? He said, they fired me. The synagogue fired him. And he was so parishan, so parishan, sorry, parishan. He was so perturbed. He was really, and I think in our deen, we have the concept of sabr, which really, really helps. That everything happens for a reason. Of course you get upset, you know. But Allah is the easiest person to return to. Allah says that so many times in the Quran, Fafirru ilallah, run to Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala constantly when he talks about people doing evil. You know, even when Allah condemns people and says they're going to be in Jahannam and there's this and this is what's going to happen to the disbelievers and uh, the Jahannam is going to be filled with these punishments. You will never you will I don't think you will ever find a place in the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about Jahannam, punishment evil and everything where he doesn't add at least but Allah is forgiving or something like that always it's like that always it's like that there's always that balance Allah always gets, gives you a get out clause Allah always what well, not get out come back clause that your distance you come back there's no excuse with some people you know they're difficult to please if you make mistakes even by mistake there you're in trouble for every small thing, they will, they will take you to task. And then you apologize once. And they, they, uh, they mashallah, make you really apologize. Right? And then it happens again. And then you have to apologize again. And they make you apologize again. And then the third time, you're like, man, it's difficult to get apology from that person. It's too complicated. That's why we should not be complicated when somebody wants to ask us for apology. We should not be complicated because Allah is not complicated. Allah makes it very simple. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in many verses, you'll see this. Allah is forgiving. He is merciful. He is compassionate. He is loving. Allah is there. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, My servants who have transgressed against themselves. Ya ibadi alladheena asrafu ala anfasim. Don't become, don't become hopeless in my mercy, in the mercy of Allah. Don't become hopeless. We can become hopeless of other people's mercy. He's not going to forgive this time. I've done it three times before. He's not going to forgive. He's going to fire me this time. With Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, 70 times a day you could do that. Now we have to do that. Otherwise, we are, not, we are distant from Allah. When a person is distant from Allah, rahmah is decreased. That's why the person who is accursed, you know, he says, curse be upon you. Damn you. These words are in English. I know people use them just as a swear, but what it means is your mal'oon. In Arabic, we have the term la'na. What does la'na mean? Al-bu'du an rahmatillah. To be distant from Allah's mercy. When a person becomes distant from Allah, distant from Allah's mercy, they don't enjoy life anymore. You may still have enjoyable pleasures in your life of having gadgets and other things, money and everything, but there will not be any heartfelt tranquility. Because there's no mercy. There's no mercy that's descending. Nothing is in mercy. It's all beyond the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why if you call somebody who's not a kafir, a kafir, what you're essentially saying is that there's no mercy upon you. And if there is mercy on him, then you're lying. That's why it's so tough to call somebody a kafir just like that. That's why 
our Muslim ulama very, very seldomly would render somebody a kafir just like that. So it is in our best interest to go back to Allah because we benefit hugely from the mercy that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provides. Now, as you know, it's essential because if, he, if, if you're believers, then you'll value being close to Allah. Now, think of it this way. Sometimes there's a person that you transgress against, but you don't care for them. You don't consider them to be dignified or worth it, right? For whatever reason, you think you're bigger. I don't want to seek forgiveness. Why should I even seek forgiveness? Even though you're wrong. Because you don't value that person. You have no respect for that person. That's why you don't seek forgiveness. Sometimes it's just negligence. It's not that you don't value them. Well, you don't value them actually. But um, it's not like you demean them or you're actively humiliating them or actively considering them insignificant. Well, actually you are. Uh, that's a, you understand what I'm saying. I'm glad you've understood. Because you, I don't feel the need. I know it's important. I'll do it one day. I'll do it one day. I'll do it one day. Now you understand what I'm saying. We don't think it's important. If there's somebody we know we're getting benefit from, somebody who we don't want to upset, you're going to be trying to seek forgiveness the next day. Right? Most of us would do that. You know, I don't want to upset that person. I have so much respect for them. I can't upset that person. So where does Allah figure in all of this? Which category is Allah in? We do the sins... We've distanced ourselves from Allah, but we don't think it's important to seek forgiveness straight away. Can you see when you look at this as a comparison to others, is Allah insignificant? Is Allah lowly in our sight? That we can't bother, we sin, in, you know, we, we first aggress against Him first, thinking that, you know, He doesn't know or He doesn't see. And then on top of that, we're not willing to even seek forgiveness as though it's not important. Well, I'll do it one day. So that's why you can understand from all of this, the philosophy of this, that this is important to be close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we need that. Now this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I told you Allah is the easiest one to please. Not only is He the easiest to please, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is extremely generous. So not only is it like, okay, I like you to seek forgiveness from me, but Allah, Allah is so generous and He gets so happy when somebody seeks forgiveness. You've transgressed against him, but as soon as you seek forgiveness genuinely, sincerely, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just starts showering you with blessings. Now do you know what, I mean, this is not just said like he showers you with blessings. Allah in the Quran tells us the philosophy of forgiveness, of tawbah and repentance. I'm going to give you 11 verses of the Quran in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about tawbah and the return to him and what He wants to give you because of that. As I said, we need to do it anyway because we're supposed to value Allah. As believers, we're supposed to value Allah. And we want to be close to Him. We don't want to be distant from Him, so we have to do it anyway. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, look, I know you've committed a sin. You've indulged yourself. And you've done excess. Now you've seek, sought forgiveness. This is what I'm going to give you, all these bonuses. Now don't get so excited that, hey, this is a really good way. Let me do a few sins, seek forgiveness, and I'll get all of these things. Right, because you know there are really a lot of offers. You know, I'll give you. There's Allah is giving you bonus after bonus after bonus. But there's an easier way to get these bonuses. Those same things have been promised for people who do good. And the problem is that if you do sin and you never make tawbah, then you're going to be in big trouble. So it's not the way. Okay, but we have sinned. So now let us see what Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says. 
First, number one. Anybody who seeks, who comes back to Allah, who returns to Him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it becomes the means of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's love. Allah begins to love that person. And I'm not just claiming this, Allah says, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ التَّوَّابِينَ وَيُحِبُّ الْمُتَطَهِّرِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves those who frequently come back to Him. Because we make mistakes. So we constantly come back. He's telling you, one who abundantly comes back to you, we know you're going to do it over and over again. We know you're going to make the mistake again. A human, when he knows you're going to make a mistake again, he's like, I've t- forgiven you so many times. How many more times are you going to forgive you? This time, I'm not going to forgive you. No. Allah doesn't say that. He, says, I'm not gonna. he never says, I'm not going to forgive you. Never. Not even to teach you a lesson. But Allah says, I, Allah loves those who frequently make tawbah. Why would you have to frequently make tawbah? Well, it includes those who frequently sin as well. Allah loves them as well. As long as they make sincere tawbah and Allah loves those who like to keep clean. And that's very relevant because cleanliness from sin is an internal cleanliness. Not just outward cleanliness. Number two, when you return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and make tawbah, it is, Allah says, it is the means of success. You'll be successful. How? I'll tell you. Allah says, وَتُوبُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ جَمِيعًا أَيُّهَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ Return to Allah, all of you, O believers, so perhaps you can be successful. Now the word used for, in Arabic is تُفْلِحُونَ from أَفْلَحَ فَلَاح you got Masjid Falah. Right? You know, falah, the concept of Falah means success. There's quite a few words in Arabic for Falah, for success. One is الفوز to succeed, to win. Another one is najah, najaha, najaha fil imtihan. Like he became successful in his exam. You know, that's another word. Could have said that. La'allakum tanjahun, right? Tafuzun, but he said tuflihun, because falah is a special type of winning. It's a special type of victory. It's that victory which, after which, there's no failure. You know, if you receive, if you win something, you win a race, you win a competition, how long do you remain excited for? Maybe a few days, maybe if it's a big one, the Olympics, maybe a few months. But the next Olympic comes, you better compete again. Right? It's going to be another competition. That's the way of this world. Everything diminishes in this world eventually. So Allah is saying the success we're talking about is the one after which there's no failure, the one after which the excitement of it does not go down. The, what, the closeness after which there's no distance. That is what Allah is saying. That's why قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ There's a whole surah, Surah Al-Mu'minun, begins with all the characteristics of the true believers who will attain falah. So Allah will give you success. Number three. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will buy that Use that as a means to accept many of your deeds. Otherwise, maybe your deeds are not being accepted, some of them, because of sins that we commit. There may be, a, you see, you know, some of the worst sins. If you're doing a sin and you know you're doing a sin, it's better than when you're doing a sin you no longer, that you don't think it's a sin. Well, there's some sins that we've forgotten about. So that's really sad unless we make dua that oh Allah, all of those sins that we've forgotten about as well, forgive me for those. 
Otherwise, if we're specifically saying, forgive me for this sin, this sin, this sin, and we're not for- remembering those, we could be in trouble unless Allah just forgives us because He knows that we are tawabin. Number two, the worst of the sins, and I've been thinking of this for a while, are those sins which have become part of our life and we no longer think they're sins for some reason or the other. By being lax, by being relaxed, by being a bit more liberal about it, by just saying it's okay, you know, um, those kind of things. That's where I'm scared about. Because those that we do and we know we can seek forgiveness, we feel guilty. But where you've, the worst are those you've justified. That you've justified from some maybe haphazard fatwa from somewhere or something else. Allah forgive us. Allah give us insight and knowledge and the ability to practice. So, so sometimes we could be doing sins and we're doing good deeds as well. We just hope Allah accepts us. We just hope Allah accepts us. Because, so if you make tawbah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that you've done sins, you've made tawbah and repented, and now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you uh, acceptance of your other deeds as well. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَن تَابَ وَعَمِلَ صَالِحًا فَإِنَّهُ يَتُوبُ إِلَى اللَّهِ مَتَابًا Those who make tawbah and who start doing good deeds, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will fully relent to them and He will accept their, accept their repentance. Allah says, وَهُوَ الَّذِي يَقْبَلُ التَّوْبَةَ عَنْ عِبَادِهِ وَيَعْفُوْ عَنِ السَّيِّئَاتِ he is the one who accepts the repentance of his servants and he forgives so many bad deeds. Number four, tawbah and returning to Allah is a cause for entry into paradise. I mean, we know that anyway, but this is what Allah says. Entry into paradise and safety from hellfire. Najat min nar Allah says, فَخَلَفَ مِن بَعْدِهِمْ خَلْفٌ أَضَاعُوا الصَّلَاةَ وَاتَّبَعُوا الشَّهَوَاتِ فَسَوْفَ يَلْقَوْنَ غَيَّا إِلَّا مَنْ تَابَ وَآمَنَ وَعَمِلَ صَالِحًا فَأُولَئِكَ يَدْخُلُونَ الْجَنَّةَ وَلَا يُظْلَمُونَ شَيْئًا So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the righteous ones and then he says that after them, the next generations... They were not a very good generation. They started to neglect their prayers. So the first generation were very good about their prayers and everything of the righteous ones, but then they left behind their next generations who started to uh, neglect their prayer. And they started to follow their desires. So they are soon going to reach a punishment. Except... As I said, always, Allah never condemns 100% like that. And says, there's no way out for you now. Always accept. Illa man taba. Accept the one who returns. Wa'amana. And believes. Now, he, he's probably a believer from before maybe. right? But, or he's not a believer now, becomes a believer. Or he reinvigorates his faith. Wa'amila saliha and does good deeds. Fa'ula'ik, those people will enter Jannah. And they will not be oppressed at all. So Allah is going to give us Jannah for Tawbah. Now have you noticed in many of these verses, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about returning, 
there's a discussion always of doing good deeds. Now, one of the best ways to get in somebody's good books after and mend their heart in terms of human beings, after you've had a falling out with them, is to do something good for them. So, that's why the hadith mentions, Follow up a bad deed with a good one and it will erase it. So let's just say I've got a, a, you know, I've had a little issue with someone. There was a mix-up, there was a misunderstanding, whatever. Now they feel bad. I've sought forgiveness. And it's still, I know that it's a difficult one because he lost something. The other day somebody called me. They said that their brother or their brother-in-law, I can't remember, their brother or brother-in-law, somebody caused their marriage to be destroyed. Uh, they must have said something. Some, sis, some sister-in-law of his said something to his wife or whatever and their marriage dissolved. Now he's so angry. I don't blame him for being angry. You know, I can understand. It's a human emotion. I, I accept that you will be angry. But now he wants to set up a Facebook page. He wants to put it online that this is how bad this person is and all the rest of it. Now his sister or whatever is concerned about him that isn't this a bit over the top, taking a sledgehammer for a little nail, you know. I mean, it's not a nail, but I mean, it's a big nail, but still a sledgehammer, you know. Um, so I said, that's not allowed. Because, I said, oh, but he's saying she could do it to other people. I said, well, the people that, because look, if somebody is doing something wrong, you are actually allowed to do their riba, to backbite them, which means say, tell people about them, you're allowed. As long as it's purely for islah. For warning people that, look, be careful of this guy. He says he's got good investment opportunities, but, you know, this is what he done, done to so many people. Understandable, right? But you're not allowed to tell the world that if he's not going to go to the world. If he's going to be in a little area, you can tell those people. So I said, look, maybe if he genuinely thinks that she is going to cause other people the same problem, right, which I doubt, but if, if, if she is like that, then he can tell the two, three people that she's speaking to. Not tell the world. Facebook is for the world, not for your little, little group of people. Remember that. Facebook is for the world. So people who put up their pictures and other weird things, don't think it's just for your little few followers. It's for the world. And it never forgets. So you can't do that. So now, the idea is that if I do have some issue with someone and then we fix it, and I know they're still feeling very bad, if I go and get, take them a gift, if I go out of my, my way to do a favor for them, that is one of the most effective ways of removing the dirt in the heart of someone. A gift. The Prophet ﷺ said so. Give a gift or give gifts and increase your mutual love. I've felt that myself. There's people who, um, of growing up later on, you know, who you think have had done something against you, whether purposely or unpurposely, whatever, and you've got a feeling about them. If they've come and done me a favor, they've said some good words afterwards, given me a gift, it, it helps the heart a lot. I'm a human, everybody's human, I'm assuming it's going to be the same for everyone, right? That's why it's very much, this is what the Prophet ﷺ said. So, that's why in most of these things, tawbah, running to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala means replacing with good deeds, changing your life. Otherwise saying, I'm with you, O oh Allah, but I'm not going to do anything that you... So you're, you're going to go with somebody, but you're not going to assist them. You're not going to do anything. You're not going to support them. Just, I'm just with you. That's not right. To be with Allah, to return to Allah, means that you will have to do good deeds. That's sincere tawbah. That's part of it. Okay, number 
5. It is the cause for forgiveness, obviously, and for mercy. Allah has mercy and treats with mercy those who return to Him. You're not going to find that with a lot of other human beings. It's going to take a while for them to be merciful with you. They're going to be very angry still even if they forgive you. But Allah says, وَالَّذِينَ عَمِلُوا السَّيِّئَاتِ ثُمَّ تَابُوا مِن بَعْدِهَا وَآمَنُوا إِنَّ رَبَّكَ مِن بَعْدِهَا لَغَفُورٌ رَّحِيمٌ Those who do bad deeds, then they return to Allah after it, and they become believers. Then your Lord after that is forgiving and merciful. His mercies will start. That deprivation of mercy will stop. Now inshallah the light will come back in your lives. The light will come back in our lives. The heart will feel better. The lives will become better inshallah. Number six. This is an amazing offer. I mean I've already given you five offers here. This number six is top it up. You know it's amazing. You know, they tell you if you buy this, then you get this for free, and you'll get this knife for free, and you'll get this uh, potato grater for free, and, and this for free. And, you know, and to top it up, we'll give you this saucepan for free as well. And then they charge you 1,500 pounds. <laughs> There's that company, they, they do demonstrations. I don't know, they, and it's this special steel they make, and it costs like some huge crazy. I said, why don't you just sell it for a bit cheaper, and you'll get more instead of all of this crazy stuff. I said, no, this is our marketing strategy. I said, okay. Um, so, number six, this one is really, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will change all of those bad deeds that you've done into good deeds. What more than that? Man? Like imagine, it's like all of that bad stuff, you, all that money that you took from me, and you're seeking forgiveness, you don't even have to give it back to me. One is, I'll give you forgiveness, but give me my money back. Right? That's what you'd expect. No, no, I forgive you and I forgive all of that money. It's huge. This is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You don't understand Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy. May Allah allow us to understand Him. May Allah give us His love. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says this, إِلَّا مَنْ تَابَ وَآمَنَ وَعَمِلَ عَمَلًا صَالِحًا فَأُولَٰئِكَ يُبَدِّلُ اللَّهُ سَيِّئَاتِهِمْ حَسَنَاتٍ وَكَانَ اللَّهُ غَفُورًا رَحِيمًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about those who do wrong, commit zina, etc. Then Allah says, whoever does that, they're going to attain a big sin. And their punishment is going to be multiplied for them on the Day of Judgment, and then they will remain in there for, for a long time, forever. So Allah is condemning them, right? But immediately afterwards, because Allah's objective is not to condemn people and send them to hellfire. It's to reward, that's why He created it. Except the one who does tawbah and who returns to Allah. Who does good deeds, who does, sorry, who believes, who does good deeds, Allah will turn and change their, convert their bad deeds into good deeds. 70 years of bad deeds, He will make it good deeds for you. As long as you return to Him. 30 years of bad deeds, 20 of never done tawbah in your life, continue to do wrong deeds. Allah will change all of that into good deeds. 
because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, is forgiving and merciful, intensely forgiving, intensely merciful. Again, do not be like the brothers of Yusuf Islam, like we discussed earlier, it's in the Quran. Do the wrong and say, oh, Allah's forgiving, so we'll just become good people afterwards. Let me do lots and lots of wrong. I'll make tawbah, so I'll enjoy all the zina and the drinking and all that kind of stuff. 20 years of it, and then when I become 50 or 60, I'll make the tawbah. So it's a good deal, isn't it? All of that will be forgiven. It'll all become good deeds, and I'm cool. The problem is you may die before that. Even if you don't, you may continue because it's difficult to avoid sins. The more you do them, it becomes like a tree that becomes more firmly grounded and rooted in the ground. And you may never get the ability to return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's a bad risk. There's easier ways, much easier ways of getting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? But you have to give up these. This is the difficulty. You have to give up the desires. You have to give up the desires. Allah, Allah, Allah. They say that um, desires, uh, remembering your sin, is one of the most worst things that you can do. People, even alcoholics, they, if they smell the alcohol, after six months of not drinking, they could easily relapse. In fact, what addiction uh, studies show is that, this is what the ulama said from before, but even more recent studies show that if you have been addicted to something, Generally, the thing you're going to be addicted to is going to be pleasurable. Otherwise, why would you be addicted to? You're going to be addicted to something that's generally enjoyable. Okay? So now, one day you've given up for a few weeks and you start remembering it. Man, that was really nice. You know, it, was, it was really nice. That's the worst thing you can do. That's why some ulama, uh, ulama even recommend that. You know when you're making tawbah, try not to like, think of the specific details of the sin but rather seek forgiveness from it in a way that I don't even want to think about it. That's how I know it's enjoyable. Sins are enjoyable, right? But try not to think of the enjoyment aspect of it when making tawbah as well. Otherwise, it's very easy for people to relapse. Number seven, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala adds to that and He says, I mean, just another hadith on this. There's a person on the Day of Judgment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to conceal him from everyone else and He's going to say, do you confess to this sin and this sin and this sin? He is remembering all of them. So he says, yes, yes, yes. And he's thinking, oh no, there's some other bigger ones. And I'm just waiting for Allah to tell me about that. Then I'm dead. These are all the small ones. So he's like, I wish he doesn't talk about those ones. Now after a short while, Allah is going to say, you know what? I forgive you. And all of your bad deeds, I'm going to actually turn them into good deeds for you. On the Day of Judgment, as mentioned in this verse. So then the person is going to say, oh, but I've also done this one and this one and this one and this one. Right? Because he wanted it hidden first, but now when Allah is giving an offer of turning all your bad deeds into good ones. There you go. I don't know which country it was. The people had a lot of, was it black money or red money? What do you call that? Money, you know, that's not taxed. And then I think the government gave an amnesty or something like that, that if you declare it, then it's all halal for you. So then, mashallah, they all came out from extra places. They probably borrowed money and done it. Subhanallah, you know. So, anyway, number seven, doing, returning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will open up all goodness for you. Allah will shower you with goodness. Allah says, فَإِن تُبْتُمْ فَهُوَ خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ If you return to Allah and repent, it's good for you. 
Allah will give you goodness. Allah says, فَإِن يَتُوبُوا يَكُوا خَيْرُ لَهُمْ Similar kind of meaning in a few verses. Number eight. We don't have too much time left. Let me just quickly do this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increases your iman. Because of return, Allah increases your iman and you get huge reward. Allah promises reward now. After all of everything else, Allah gives you ajrun azim, mighty reward. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ تَابُوا وَأَصْلَحُوا وَاعْتَصَمُوا بِاللَّهِ وَأَخْلَصُوا دِينَهُمْ لِلَّهِ فَأُولَٰئِكَ مَعَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَسَوْفَ يُؤْتِ اللَّهُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ أَجْرًا عَظِيمًا Those who return to him and reform, and they seek refuge with Allah, and they, sin- they dedicate their deen sincerely for Allah, these people will be with the believers. And Allah is going to give the believers a huge reward. So there's huge rewards in store for those who make tawbah as well. They become part of the believers. Number nine. As soon as you make tawbah, sincere tawbah, the blessings that have been prevented from us and that we've been deprived of will suddenly start to shower down. Number one. Number two. Blessings in all forms. If that means you've not had rain, Allah will send you rain. If that means your income has been tight, Allah will do that. If that means that you've not been enjoying the food or you've had sicknesses in your life, that will all open up. Number two, Allah will strengthen you over the strength you already have. So you'll become stronger. I've tested this myself and on other people. There's people who, especially after a divorce, they're just wrecked. Or after some other case, they're really depressed. And you tell them to make tawbah, istighfar, and you tell them to do some adhkar within two to three weeks. This is science, by the way, meaning this is empirical. You try this within three weeks, Within a few days, in fact, but within three weeks, you'll be sorted as long as you do it correctly. I remember this sister, she was going through a very difficult time and we told her to do these few things. Within three weeks, she sent an email and she said, I am sleeping now better than I used to sleep before. Right? Allah gives you that tranquility when you go, because a lot of the time, the difficulties that come is because of the sin. We've allowed the shaitan to become our accomplice, our intimate, and that's what happens. Everybody... You know, we all are in this by ourselves. We're not looking at anybody else. It's ourselves. It's our life. We want the barakat and the blessings to come from Allah. And that's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. Now, this is a beautiful verse. Allah says, وَيَا قَوْمِ اسْتَغْفِرُوا رَبَّكُمْ ثُمَّ تُوبُوا إِلَيْهِ يُرْسِلِ السَّمَاءَ عَلَيْكُمْ مِدْرَارًا وَيَزِدُكُمْ قُوَّةً إِلَىٰ قُوَّتِكُمْ وَلَا تَتَوَلَّوْ مُجْرِمِينَ The Prophet is saying to his people, Oh, people, seek forgiveness from your Lord. And then return to him. Remember two things. Seek forgiveness and fully return to him. And he will send, the, he will let the heavens loose upon you. You know, because there were people who needed water, crops. What else do you need? You need irrigation at the right time. Allah will let the heavens shower down upon you in abundance. Midraran, in abundance. And he will increase you in your strength over the strength that you already have. He will increase you in your strength against your enemies, against you know, your own fears and whatever it is that we have today. You need to make tawbah. If you've got fears, you've got weird type of depressions or problems and anxieties, make tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَلَا تَتَوَلَّوا مُجْرِمِينَ And don't turn away in mischief. Number 10. Subhanallah. It's not just Allah. When you make tawbah, Allah has the angels pray for us. So it's not just Allah giving us. I mean, that's enough. Even if Allah just forgave us, that's enough. Because we're servants. We're supposed to be doing the right thing anyway. It's a job. We need it. Right? We need to be a good servant. But Allah gives us all of this. Then 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and you know, it's not any ordinary angels. These are very special angels. الَّذِينَ يَحْمِلُونَ الْعَرْشَ وَمَنْ حَوْلَهُ يُسَبِّحُونَ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّهِمْ وَيُؤْمِنُونَ بِهِ وَيَسْتَغْفِرُونَ لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا رَبَّنَا وَسِعْتَ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ رَحْمَةً وَعِلْمًا فَاغْفِرْ لِلَّذِينَ تَابُوا وَاتَّبَعُوا سَبِيلَكَ وَقِهِمْ عَذَابَ الْجَحِيمِ Those who are the carriers of the arsh, these are the very special angels that have been selected to carry the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and those that are around them, they make the speed, that's their job. They're carrying, they're holding up, they're guarding the arsh and holding up the arsh and they just do the speed, they just glorify Allah, that's, his, that's their job, right? They're just glorifying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's like, imagine there's a ruler, a king, right? And he's just got thousands around him just saying, you are the greatest, you are the greatest, you are the greatest. Shahinshah, Shah, Khaqan, you know, whatever. It sounds a bit absurd for human beings because nobody's worth that. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala got all of these angels, they just tasbih and carrying the arsh. So they are glorifying Allah with the praise with, with the praise of their Lord. They believe in Him and they seek forgiveness for those who believe. Right? Now specifically look at this, which of the believers? They say that this is their dua, this is the angels' dua. Rabbana, our Lord. You have encompassed everything with your mercy and knowledge. Right? So you know who to have mercy on and you know exactly who's doing what and what their status is. So seek, so forgive those who repent. Forgive those who make tawbah and who then follow your way and protect them from the punishment of the hellfire. May Allah allow the angels to make du'a for us as well. Number 11, this is the last of the verses I'm going to quote today. And there's, When you read the Qur'an, you'll start noticing this now, inshaAllah. The next time you say it, whenever you come across the word tawbah, yatubuna, and so on, focus on it. When you read the Qur'an, we need to start reading the Qur'an with meaning. You know, get a translation, get a commentary, and start reading it. You know, introduce the Qur'an to your life like that. Not just reading it, which is very good. But additionally, and you will see the huge benefits from it. So here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Wallahu yuridu alaykum. Allah wants that uh, He accept your tawbah. Allah wants to accept your tawbah. So if Allah wants to accept your tawbah, which means He wants you to do it, it's a worship of Allah. Tawbah is a worship, it's a devotion. It's seeking forgiveness. But in that seeking forgiveness, in that return, it's a worship in itself. Because what is worship of Allah? Is glorifying Allah. Is glorifying. I'm seeking forgiveness. How am I glorifying Allah? Well, I'm making Him worth it. I'm considering Him worthy in my heart and in my sight. That I'm saying, I must seek forgiveness from you. And I think that's a good way to end this, is that we must consider Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be because He's given us everything. He gives to those who do tawbah. He gives to those who don't do tawbah. But the heartfelt satisfaction and the rahmah and the mercy and the blessings and all these spiritual benefits and paradise, that will be only for those who make tawbah. And the last hadith we'll end up and end with is a hadith from Sahih Muslim. And it's in many other... And you must have heard this hadith. The Prophet ﷺ, just to give you an idea of how excited Allah is when somebody makes tawbah. Uh, this hadith just really highlights that point of how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves people who make tawbah. 
unlike the people who will give you a hard time. Right? So it says that there's a person who's going in the desert and he's got a camel or a horse or whatever. It's the only animal that's got a bit of food on there. And in the middle of a desert, I mean, you need a bit of sustenance. There's no shops down there, right? You know, um, in a traditional desert, not in Dubai, you know, not in those deserts of Dubai. That's a different story. But, you know, going to the middle of Malian desert or in the middle of the Rub'ul Khali in Saudi Arabia or whatever, right? You have to depend on what you have. Your battery life, you know, in two days and everything, it's all on there. Imagine you've got a jeep and it's all in there and you're alone. And you decide, I'm really tired. Hey, this is a nice little mound. Let me just relax here for a while. So you get out, you relax, you think everything is safe. And you wake up and your car is gone. Your phone was on there, your food, your water, everything was on there. You have nothing. And you wait for a while, for maybe an hour, two hours, and now you're getting thirsty. Dehydration is going to, you know, and you can't see a soul inside in miles because you went out somewhere. It's miles, right? I'm, putting, I'm making a modern example. The Prophet said it more simply, modern example. And you give up. Eventually you give up. There's nothing. You've got nothing, nothing. And you give up. And you think, okay, if I'm going to die, let me just find a place to die. So you finally sit down and you've just completely despondent, given up. And suddenly you see the car standing in front of you. Miraculously almost. How happy will you be? After you'd given up, you found it. It says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is more happy than this person. This person in his happiness to Allah, he will say, this person, he'll say, I am your Lord and you're my servant. He mixes it up. That's how excited he is that he's found his car again. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gets even more happy than this person who finds, finds some his lost survival. Right? That's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ramadan is the time when Allah has closed the doors of hellfire, opened the doors of paradise, cl- closed up the shaitan, no excuses left, and gives huge amounts of reward, blessing, barakah. I mean, in three weeks' time, we're not going to have this many people. Inshallah, we will. <laughs> But generally you don't. Ramadan is that special time. It's not, I'm not making a bad dua. Inshallah. Allah bless us. It's the iftar time for the people in... Uh, it's 9 o'clock there in Sweden as well. May Allah bless you guys all as well in Sweden. I can't see you guys. But uh, mashallah. Allah bless us all here. And may Allah accept. We'll make a quick dua and then we'll finish. Inshallah. Allahumma anta salam wa minka salam Tabarak ya adal jalali wal ikram Allahumma salli wa sallim ala sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim Ya hayyu ya qayyum bi rahmatika nastaghif Ya ma'din al-judi wal karam Ya akram al-akramin Ya khayr al-mas'ulin wa ya khayr al-mu'teen Ya arham al-rahimin Ya dal jalali wal ikram Ya Allah we ask you for your special mercies Ya Allah shower us with your mercy Drench us in your mercy O Allah grant us your forgiveness O Allah allow us to return to you Oh Allah, we're sitting here in this masjid. This is a bit of a return to you. Oh Allah, allow us to fully return to you with our hearts. Oh Allah, to shun the evil deeds that we may have in our lives. Oh Allah, allow us to see them. Oh Allah, allow us to see those deeds which have, we have become habituated to, which may be wrong. Allah, grant us beneficial knowledge. Oh Allah, oh Allah, make this Ramadan better than any Ramadan before it. Oh Allah, allow us complete return to you and to take on your cause, to do good deeds. Oh Allah, make us of those who will be truly believers and who will be gaining your love and who will love you and who you will love to meet on the day of judgment and we will love to meet you on the day of judgment. Oh Allah, make our final days of this life the best days of our life. Oh Allah, make every subsequent Ramadan better than the previous one. 
Oh Allah, grant us sincere tawbah, sincere purification, sincere purity in our lives, both outwardly and inwardly. Oh Allah, make us sinless. Oh Allah, free us completely from sin and write us of those who will be written to be freed from hellfire in the nights of Ramadan. And oh Allah, just as you've kept shaitan away from us, oh Allah, give us the resilience. And oh Allah, give us immunity from him even afterwards. So while he's there, oh Allah, grant us enough iman and conviction that we can stay away. And oh Allah, we ask that you send your abundant blessings on our messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Grant us his company in the hereafter. Subhanahu rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salamun ala al-mursaleen. Alhamdulillahi rabbil